Welcome to the Tending Our Nets podcast, where we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We encourage everyone to learn more. We work to equip believers to share their faith with everyone they know. Welcome to the Tending Our Nets podcast. My name is Joshua Sherman, and I am your host here. This podcast is focused on equipping Christians to share the gospel of Jesus Christ effectively with everyone they know. I'm glad that you're here. I've been talking about the image of God for a whole series now, and we're really coming down to the implications of the image of God for the gospel, how this all ties in. When we talk about representing God well, when we talk about being children of God, the mission that we were created for in the first place, that all of humanity was created for, and that people who say that Jesus is Lord take up that mission as people that bear his name, as people that are called Christians, little Christs. This is why we're here. And, you know, the implication of this, when we start really getting into the image of God and the glory of God, we recognize that those two things are related. In the Old Testament, we see some very clear passages where God talks about not sharing his glory with another. And this is something that we see consistently when God is talking about the relationship between himself and humanity and other gods. People believed in other gods in the Old Testament, and they would worship these other gods. And what we see consistently in the Old Testament is that Yahweh says, don't do that. I am the creator. I am the one who is real. I'm the one who is true. You need to worship me and worship me only. And part of the reason for that is that people were created in his image. They were created to represent him. So worshiping some other god, some other created being, Worshiping each other, themselves, whatever it is, falls short of the glory of God. It is falling short of what we were created to do. And that has impacts on all of creation. Because humanity was created to represent God, there is also a sense in which humanity was meant to stand at the meeting of heaven and earth, in the center of all creation, acting as priests, as mediators, as representatives to God into all of creation. So with humanity out of whack, not fulfilling that role, serving idols, serving other gods, serving their desires, you can see how in biblical terms, all of creation gets thrown out of whack because creation was meant to glorify God. Humanity was meant to glorify God. And when this is not happening, it causes a lot of problems. So what we see now in the New Testament with the gospel is that Christ came to restore the image of God in humanity to its fullness, to restore the likeness of God to its fullness, so that we can truly represent God well on earth. We see that as we are called the body of Christ, truly representing him. We see that as the church, as individuals, are referred to as being indwelled by the Holy Spirit, again, embodying or representing God very directly in the way that Scripture talks about it. So how can we go about making sure that creation is put right? We go about that by preaching the gospel, by inviting people into the family of God, helping the body of Christ to grow, to be fruitful and multiply according to the mission that God gave Adam and Eve in the beginning, be fruitful and multiply, that he repeated to Noah 
be fruitful and multiply. That we see in Acts, a number of times it says, and the word of God grew and multiplied, and we get a sense that through Christ's mission, through the gospel, when people proclaim the victory of Christ, the reign of Jesus, the word of God grew and multiplied. The body of Christ grew and multiplied exactly the way that Adam and Eve were supposed to in the beginning. This is the fulfillment. This is the beginning of the reversal of all of the things that are broken in creation and in humanity. So, we preach the gospel so that the world can come to know Christ through believers as we represent him and embody his rule and his love in the world. That means if we are not embodying his rule and his love well, if we are not representing him well, we are keeping renewal from happening effectively in creation and in relationships between people and relationships between people and God. That's a serious thing. As we reach others, here is the good news. We come to reflect God's glory, his image. That's what we were created to do, to be created in the image of God is to reflect his glory in the world. When we weren't doing that, then God's glory was not being reflected as fully into the world the way it was supposed to be by having his representatives reflect his glory in the world. But as we do that, and as we preach the gospel, and as more people come to faith in Christ and are restored into that fullness of the image and likeness of God through Christ, as are transformed, they begin to show forth his glory the way they were designed to. And then the people that they witness to begin to show forth his glory the way they were designed to. And this eventually will have an impact on all of creation. In case you think I'm crazy, let me go to a little bit of scripture and tease this out. So first of all, we have Jesus himself in John 17. When he's praying to the Father, this is his high priestly prayer. He says that my prayer is not for them alone, the ones that you gave me. So this is about the disciples, but now not for just the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, which is you and me, if we are Christians. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Drawing us into the communion the Trinity has as we become part of the body of Christ. Something that's really hard to even fathom, but it's so beautiful. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So you get the sense that if God is not visible, if people don't see God in us the way that we are representing him, they won't believe in Jesus. And that's a problem, right? Then Jesus says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that then they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I have given them the glory you gave me. The glory of the only begotten, the one who is the perfect image of God in the image and likeness, in the fullness, all the fullness of deity dwelling in Christ, right? He did that so that we could become part of his body, so that we could become more and more like Christ, so that we could show forth the glory of God the way we were designed to in the first place. When we look at Romans 8, we begin to see the implications of this for all of creation. 
I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And in fact, if I back up a little bit further, we have this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Oh, restoring the image, the mission, being children of God to its fullness. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. So as we preach the gospel, as we go about representing God the way that we were designed to in the first place, as we act as children of God, by imitating God, by being in relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ. As we behold Christ and are transformed from glory into glory because we are beholding his glory. And as we preach the gospel and bring more and more people into the family of God, the number of people that are reflecting the glory of God in the world, properly being his representatives, grows. The amount of God's glory in the world grows, and this will eventually have an impact on all of creation. So that is how the image of God, the glory of God, bearing his name, all tie in to the gospel. That is what it means to be human, to live out this mission. It's what it means to be covenant people. It's what it means to be Christians. This is what we are called to. And this is what I hope we will all be more effectively equipped to do through this podcast and through all the different ways that God uses his people to encourage and to challenge and to help the body of Christ, each individual believer, grow. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, really enjoyed this week. And uh, please rate, review, subscribe, all of those things with all the different various places where you consume this podcast. That will help us get the word out so that we can help Christians to effectively share the gospel with everyone they know. God bless. You've been listening to the Tending Our Nets podcast. If you like what you hear, check us out at the Raven Creek Social Club and by searching for us on social media via Tending Our Nets. Raise us up to bear your